Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. You always have to keep upping your game. And you probably hear that from everybody you talk to is once they start to rest and think, oh, I've got this solved and I don't need to do anything else is when they start to get overtaken. And I just stop for a second and I'm like, do you realize how awesome it is in 2021 that we have this kind of information, right? That we yeah. can like literally backtest anything on the screen in seconds. Traders a decade ago would have killed for this, right? Right. Like when you were doing your championship, you, did, you right. didn't have access to something that was just so quick and so fast and what we can do today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. I just released the second edition of the Triple Stock Profit System ebook, and you can get it free when you head to triplestockprofits.com right now. Download it free now and change your life forever. Again, that's triplestockprofits.com. Hey, don't miss out. And remember, triplestockprofits.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 that you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on the line, a world champion trader, Kevin Davey. How are you, sir? Good. Great. Thanks yeah. for having me. It is uh, is such a pleasure to have you on today. Kevin, his website, before we get started here, is kjtradingsystems.com. Kevin also has several books on Amazon. We'll have those linked all down below for you. And some of them sound pretty interesting, like algo trading cheat codes, entry and exit confessions of a championship trader. I got to tell you, Kevin, um, I, I've had some pretty cool guests on the, the, the show today, and I, I'm going to go ahead and put you into the upper echelon as a champion trader. Thanks for coming on, man. This is This is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. All right, so so tell me about yourself. How did this? How did Kevin Davy, the young man that he was, turn into Kevin Davy, the man that we see today? How do we get to this point? Um, yeah, the young man that I was probably about 30 years ago. So uh, what happened was, <clears throat> I was just out of college, so I was working my first job. I was living in uh, Los Angeles, and. Uh, I got a piece in the mail. So this was back when they used to send out direct mail and it was a little booklet and it was on how to trade commodities and, and how to get rich doing it. And this book was probably 20 pages long and it just, it really focused on the sugar market, which I think in the seventies at one point just skyrocketed. So if you had bought 
a sugar contract and then just added on and added on and added on as the price went up, you would have been a millionaire, mm -hmm. right? Of course, nobody, nobody would do that. But, you know, when you're naive and just looking at this, you're like, oh, this I should be doing this. And long story short, I bought the course. I ended up sending it back because it uh, they had money back guarantee if you lost money paper trading, which I did. And they did actually give me my money back. But uh, after that, I was hooked on primarily futures, but I also do trade stocks and Forex and other things. But that's what kind of started it. And that, like I said, that turned into a 30 year long journey. Probably the first 10 years at least were just different ways of how to lose money. I mean, it was... I would try adding to winners, I'd lose. Uh, adding to lo uh, losers, I'd lose. Uh, I would do a moving average crossover and that lost money. So then I said, well, if that doesn't work, ah, the reverse has got to work. And it worked for a while and then I got killed by a big trend. So that didn't work. Um, I, I could tell you so many ridiculous stories. Uh, one of them was I, I was playing uh, something called scale trading where you try to buy on a scale down as uh, the market falls down. And this was in uh, wheat. And every time wheat would fall, you know, at my loss would get bigger. I'd add some contracts and I'd try to get it so it went back a little bit to gain money. But what ended up happening with that was I started losing so much money. I had to go to the bank at lunch oh. to make margin, to meet margin calls. And I got to know the wire transfer lady at the bank so well. And, and this didn't seem crazy at the time, but looking at it now, I'm like, what was I thinking? I got to know her so well that I was buying gifts for her grandson. I was giving oh her gosh. grandson li like little toy cars and I'd go to a baseball game and I'd get him like a little souvenir. And I was giving this to her. And at the time it seemed totally reasonable yeah, I'm real good friends with the wire transfer lady. And, you know, now I look at him like, what was I thinking? Because I obviously I was going a lot. So that was a lot of the early years of trading. And then I finally, the light finally started to go on. And, uh, you know, it's it still that took a while where I started getting into at the time what was called systematic trading. Now it's called algo trading, but it's basically you create rules, you program them, and then you test them and you back test it. And if it looks good, if you do the back test right, theoretically, that performance should continue. I say theoretically because a lot of times it doesn't. But I like trading things that historically have worked. So rules that have worked historically, I like to think they'll keep working going forward. And it doesn't make you know, 100% sure that it will, but uh, that's kind of the way I like to go. So <clears throat> that uh, led me to doing more of the systematic algo trading. And I just kind of went from there. And then uh, I think the big breakthrough I had was early 2000s. I said, I think I'm doing pretty good. I was trading a small account and uh, I saw this trading contest. It was a real money trading contest that was out there. And I looked at the winner for, 
I believe it was 2003. It might've been 2004. Uh, and I said, my performance was better. I would have actually won. And, but it, you know, I didn't enter. How many people say that, you know, yeah, Oh, if I exactly. entered, I would have won. Yeah. So I actually did enter in 2005. I finished in second place. So I was pretty happy because there were, you know, some really good traders in this and it was real money. It was a year long. So, you know, there was no way to really fake it. And then I did it again in 2006, finished in first place. And then again in 2007, and then again, I finished in second place. And so those three years of doing that well, each of those years, it was over a hundred percent return. I thought, Hey, I want to do this full time. And, uh, you know, which was pretty crazy at the time because I had, I think, a one, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And I remember coming home from work and telling my wife, hey, I want to go trade full-time. What do you think? And to her credit, she said, that's what you want to do. You'll figure out a way. And Figure then, out a way? I think you had already yeah, figured out a way well, at that point. I mean, but, you know. Yeah, for part-time, but she said, you'll figure out a way to make that leap to full-time, which uh, what I found, it's not like part-time trading. It's, you know, it encompasses pieces of it, but it's a lot more, uh, you know, I realized like right off, oh, I don't have enough money to to uh, withstand big drawdowns, you know, and trying to make enough to full-time trade. But that was, uh, you know, the chance I took at the time, and I've been doing that ever since. And then what happened a few years later, a book publisher approached me and said, hey, I've, I've seen you on the internet. I've heard about your history. Would you want to write a book about what you did? And that became my first book, which was Building Winning Algorithmic Trading Systems. And then because of that book, people were like, well, I want to learn more. And I started teaching. And now I teach a workshop of like about eight times a year. And uh, so I do that and also trade. So I'm able to kind of balance both. And that's kind of where I am today. Kevin, what I hear is somebody who's come full circle. He has started out with the 20 page book on how to get rich. That's all it takes is 20 pages. (laughs) Trading sugars. Yeah. And now he's writing the books on how to be a championship trader and how, you know, you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only uh, difference I think is that my, the books I've written and the things I teach tend to be a lot less uh, BS than uh, some sales copy, uh, you know, what I've realized, and I'm sure you've seen it too. There's trading education. It's just awful as far as, uh, these snake oil salesmen, these charlatans, they're all over the place of just making it, oh, trading so easy. And, you know, you go to, you go to Twitter and so many people are making, nobody loses money. Nobody loses. That's right. (laughs) Like, how is this possible? And then you kind of realize, oh, well, when you're demo trading and you don't even have a real account, you know, or I like the one where people will create a whole bunch of tweets and, then they just delete the ones that turn out to be bad calls. And then you go back and look at their timeline and they're just hitting it every time. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't realize that, but 
So uh, I tend to, my books are, uh, some people have said, you know, they're, they're really kind of depressing in a way because they tell trading how it really is, which is, no. it's really hard. And <laughs> it's not all about Lambos and 19 year olds. Is that what right, you're telling me? Exactly. And uh, I feel sorry for there, but there's a lot of people who feel like that. So it's not only the young people. I mean, I get the uh, emails from retired people. And th those are the ones that I think are sad because he, I remember one in particular, he said, you know, I'm 73 and I have $50,000 and I only need $50,000 a year to live on. Uh, how do I make that starting with 50,000 trading and, you know, consistently. So he wanted to double his money basically every year. Uh, and, you know, I said, uh, I wouldn't be trading. Don't trade. You're just going to lose it. You're desperate and you're aiming for something that's probably well above what you can do. Uh, you know, look for, well, you know, that, that goes back to what, what you were saying earlier. And I've said it before I figured out over the last, you know, I've been trading since 2009 and I've only really came into my own in the last two or three years. And I tell people, it was like, I found every possible way to lose money. And then the only thing left is what, you know, how you make money. And I was yeah. like, I have to do the opposite of what I was doing before, because obviously what I was doing before, and I tell you, Davey, when I say I'm doing the opposite, literally the opposite. If it's, if it was selling a, an out of the money option contract 45 days out, I'm now buying an in the money option contract at, um, you know, 21 days out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like complete polar opposite. And this is working for me. And I'm like, oh, that's what I needed. Right. And right. everyone has their own trading style. And for that 73 year old, I don't think his heart could handle that. Right. right. I mean, could you imagine the stress on him? He's like, I need to make 50 grand this year to live. And, you know, he's, he's at that age. He doesn't have the time to, to, to pay the wall street tuition. That's what I call it. Right. He doesn't have that time, that luxury. And he certainly doesn't have the uh, the lifestyle that would be conducive to handling that kind of stress. At that age, he needs to be enjoying what he can, right? right. And not not trying to force trades and make mistakes and 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 learn those lessons. Yeah. You know, and that's that's my dad's age. And um, I mean, there's no way. I mean, if he came to me, he's like, "Hey, I want to trade, and I need to make that much money every year." No, I'm sorry. Yep. I, let's start with maybe a five thousand dollar account, and if you can make. 5,100 over the course of the year, you are a huge winner. Yeah, yeah really. And, yeah. you know, part of that, you talk about the stress. Uh, people, a lot of people get into trading, whether it's stocks, futures, forks, whatever. They don't understand their tolerance for drawdown and, you know, the, for how much your account falls from the peak. And my rule of thumb is whenever somebody tells me, oh, I can handle 20% drawdown, 50% drawdown, whatever it is, the reality is they can handle about half of it before they start to go into panic mode. So let's say you, you told me, hey, 20% I can handle. What'll happen is at 10%, you'll start to, ooh, what's going on? 15%, you start to get really scared. And chances are you'll be out of whatever it is before you hit that 20%, which you said you could handle, but you really can't. And what ends up happening to a lot of people is they hit that, they get out before they hit that maximum drawdown. And of course, then whatever they were trading usually turns around and they would have survived it, but 
they just didn't have the uh, you know emotional control, the psychological control to actually withstand what they thought they could. So you know, expectations in trading are huge, and most people just come into them with terrible expectations. Yeah, That's- well said. Your your story right there reminds me. So um, I'm preparing to meet with Larry Height tomorrow, which I am so excited about. He's a, an original market wizard, and he wrote a book called The Rule. And he talks about in that book, you know, there are times, no matter what system you take, it will have drawdowns. And at the bottom of that drawdown is when he's adding more to to his uh, to his system, more deposits, kind of like uh, visiting his margin call clerk. And yeah. he's uh, he's he because he knows he's at the point where it has to turn around, like mathematically, it's going to come back. Now, I am not one to say that you should not cut your losses short. But his point is saying that the the math will play out eventually. And as long as he follows the system, he knows mathematically that it's going to work out. So so tell me more about your your championship winning year. So was this the same championship that Mark Minervini was in, the U.S. Investing Championship? No, this one's a, a different one. This is the uh, World Cup of Futures Trading Championship. Oh, cool. This okay. is the one that Larry Williams, uh, you know, I don't know if you've had him on, but he's pretty much a trading legend. Back in the 80s, he turned $10,000 into, I think, $1.1 million in a year in this what? contest. Yeah. Actually, okay, I got to find this Larry guy. He sounds he like was, he knows he what he's was doing. A, he was up over $2 million and then uh, lost half of it, but he still turned 10000 to $1.1 So he's a pretty legendary futures trader. Uh, he also taught what he did, or at least something to his daughter, who is Michelle Williams, who um, is, I don't know if she won an Academy Award, but she's a pretty well-known actress. She was on some, uh, I forget what TV show, but she, you can Google her name and she's pretty famous, but that it was that contest. So it's pretty much uh, the contest that Mark won, I think is more for like stocks and stuff, mm-hmm. but this one's more futures based. Why do you like futures? Um, I like it because uh, a few reasons. One is the leverage. Uh, you know, you can hold a, a mini S&P contract, which notional values in the hundreds, I think it's around probably about 200,000 notional value, but you can, your margin is only around 12, 13,000 right now. So you can hold a ton for a little bit. Uh, the other cool thing about it with futures is the tax advantage in the U.S. It's uh, what's called 60-40. So even if I hold a futures contract for one minute, a big percentage gets taxed at the capital gains rate of long-term holdings. So that's that's pretty big. And then the, the other third thing is uh, the record keeping for futures trading is just so much easier than stocks, you know, where stocks, you have to print, you know, you basically at the end of the year have to print out all your buys and sells and you got to make sure there's not wash sales and all that. And there's software to help with that. But with futures, it's literally what I get from my broker is one number. And, and I put that on my tax return. That's your gain or loss marked to market. Yeah. Your gain or loss for the year. So it's really easy. So, and, you know, I guess I'll throw in one more bonus uh, reason why futures is so nice is you can trade a whole bunch of different sectors. So there's currencies, 
there's eggs and softs, there's energies, there's precious metals, there's interest rates and the stock indices. So, you know, maybe I, I have a couple stock indices systems that are doing bad. That doesn't mean my gold systems are doing bad or my crude oil system. So you get this diversification, which to me is really the key to uh, successful trading. You can't really get that as much with stocks because, you know, if there's a big market crash, hey, most stocks are going to be coming down. You know, there's right. not a whole ton that go up. But with futures, hey, just because the stock market crashes, it doesn't mean crude oil is going to crash. Uh, you know, sometimes they move in sympathy, obviously, but you can get some more diversification. You know, one of my goals this year is to read 100 books. And it's, it's a very lofty goal. I told a, uh, a guest that once before, and he said, what are you reading, children's books? And I was like... <laughs> you know me better than that. I'm not reading children's books. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the books I read earlier this year was the complete turtle trader, uh, okay. by Michael Covell. And yep. he talks about the whole turtle trading, um, experience that, that happened in the eighties with Richard Dennis right. and, and all those people. And, you know, they, they used futures and they still do the ones that are around still managing money. They use futures and it is that asymmetrical leverage that for example, $10,000, they can get $100,000 worth of trading capital. Right. And, you know, it's it's the whole thing of you have to let your winners run, cut your losers short. Because when your winner, winners are, are, are winning, when your winners are winning on a big piece of capital like that, you're growing that $10,000 piece so much faster than you could otherwise. And, and the knife cuts both ways, right? Right. It'll, it'll work against you just as fast, which is why you have to be even more adamant about cutting your losers. Yeah. What's your feeling on this? Because that certainly wasn't the wheat trade that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the leverage, but you have to be careful. And so there are people who take the leverage to the hilt. Uh, and what I mean by that is the exchange sets an overnight margin that they require if you're going to hold overnight. Okay. And right now I believe it's around 12 or $13,000. I might be off on that, but the, there are brokers that will actually allow what's called a day trading margin. And uh, for as little as $500, you could be trading a full mini S and P contract. So right now, really? S- wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So right now the mini S and P is around say 4,400. So that's $220,000 per contract notional value. And there are brokers out there who will let people day trade that with $500. So what does that come out to leverage? Like 440. So how did they get away with that? Imagine they had, just for example, let's say they had a $2,000 account and they bought four futures because they could, right? Right. Does that mean like 10 ticks later, their, their account's gone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> and um, it would even, depending on the broker, it might even be less than that because they say you need a maintenance margin once you open up. So maybe the maintenance margin is $400. So they say you could take that $2,000 count down to say 1600 with four contracts. And once you hit that, we auto liquidate you. And so what you end up having are a lot of, inexperienced traders who think they can just scalp a tick here or there kind of thing. And they end up just 
you know, losing their account. Of course, the brokerage gets the commissions and stuff and they sort of like it. Um, but trading small accounts in general is just a recipe for disaster. That's only one of the things with that day trading margin. Uh, it's just when you're so leveraged, like you said, it's it's truly a double-edged sword. So you, you have to be careful about it. So even though I could control an S&P contract, right now the margin's $12,100 to hold overnight. I guarantee you I have a lot more in my account than just that to hold that mini S&P contract. I don't, I try not to ride that close to the edge, but there are people who do. And those people can sometimes, you know, they're, they're aiming for home runs and sometimes it works for them. Sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, they, they blow out their accounts. I literally, I know somebody who uh, literally used to wait for a margin call every day and that was his position sizing. So he would put on all different kinds of markets, whatever systems he was trading, he'd max out. And then at the end of the day, if he got a margin call, he would sell his biggest losers. And then he was good for the next day. And if he didn't get a margin call, he'd just keep going or even add on. Um, I don't know if he still does that, but he claimed it was working for him. But I mean, you can just imagine the kind of equity swings you have when you're just full out leveraged. Um, it's it's kind of crazy, in my opinion. That is crazy. I had no idea that I had no idea you could even do that with five hundred dollars. Um, but like I could just see, you know, the, there's the old adage of 90% of traders lose 90% of their accounts within the first 90 days. I mean, that yep. kind of leverage, you're going to last 90 minutes, if that. Right, right. That's scary. Right. Yeah, I mean, people don't understand uh, a concept of risk of ruin, where, you know, just take a simple example. Let's say we're playing a coin flip game. You know it's 50-50. Let's say you win a dollar if it's heads and you lose a dollar if it's tails. If you start with a thousand dollars bankroll, you know, you're, ne- you're never going to get wiped out. But if you start with like $1 or $2, you're going to get wiped out because there's just a run of heads or a run of tails. And uh, a lot of people don't realize the randomness of the markets can wipe them out, even with good trading systems. Uh, you know, it, it's even casinos can lose money in the short run. You know, they'll they'll probably be days, maybe hours where casinos lose money. But over years, as long as they don't give away too much free alcohol, they probably make money. At least right. they should. So, so let's talk about your 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 championship winning year. How did that okay. go? How did we get that? Like, obviously, we don't have time to go through the whole year. But give me some of your highlights. Some of, some of the things you were thinking, maybe even some of your strategy, if you're open to it. Okay. I really want to hear what was going on there. Okay. So what I did first, I think one of the most important things to do is to know where you want to end up before you start something. So what I did was I researched past years of the contest. I think I even talked to the broker who was running it and said, oh, you know, what were the top three uh, winners, you know, the last few years, what kind of returns did they have? And what I came up with was around 100% annual return was fairly likely to get me in the top three. So that became my goal. 
So now I had a goal to shoot for. I said, I'm aiming, I got to build a trading system that makes 100% a year, or at least, you know, theoretically should. So you're uh, trying to double your account in the span of a right, year. Right. Right. And okay. then I'd finish in the top three, which was the only goal I had. And on the flip side, I said, well, I can basically, I'm starting, I think at the time it was either 10, I think it was 15,000. I think now the contest is $10,000. That's the account size you had to start with. Or you could start with more, but that was the minimum. But I figured starting with the minimum was probably the easiest way to significantly make a lot more money. So uh, I had in my mind that I want to get 100% return. And on the downside, I said, basically, I can lose, I don't know, 8,000 or 9,000 of it. So basically, it was, you know, you're up there batting and you, you go for a home run or you're going to strike out. Okay, that was the way I started. So I developed the system, which means I came up with some rules, back tested it, and I applied it to actually, I think, a basket of like eight different commodities or futures markets, including things like, I remember copper, I think I even had wheat in there, and, and a couple other market, obviously 600 other markets. And uh, it was a trend following approach. So it really wasn't anything super sophisticated. Uh, and really, since I was looking to trade possibly eight different markets uh, with the margin requirements, it couldn't even be in all the trades. Uh, luckily, they weren't all signaling at the same time. They'd spend a, quite a bit on the sidelines just when they noticed a trend, then I'd hop on. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way I traded basically the whole year towards the end of the year, I think that my account was big enough that I actually doubled my size. Uh, but for the most part, things were already decided, you know, I was already up over a hundred percent and it ended up working out that all three of those years, you know, I finished in first or second place. So uh, that was kind of how I ended up. So were you looking at like, moving average crossovers were you looking at specific indicators where were you looking at and of course if this is uh if this is too close to the vest i understand we don't have to go that deep oh you, no you tell me what were you looking at um it was basically uh, a breakout method you know if today's high or today's close is the highest close of the past 50 days 20 days whatever it was i don't sounds remember. like a turtle system yeah i mean yeah. it was just that and and part of that was making sure I didn't get big losses. So, you know, I'd have a stop loss in place and that was big enough that it wasn't going to get knocked out easily. So it was just kind of like a longer term trend following. And I forget which year it might've been 2005 uh, or maybe it was 2006. Anyways, uh, most of the profits came from copper. Uh, one of those years, copper just took off. Oh, and I remember that uh, that was the year. So I live in Texas. They were stealing air conditioners for the copper out of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, that made yeah. Me think of it. Um, I think it was 2006 actually. And that was the year I ended up winning. But uh, when I went back and looked at it after it was most of the profit came from that particular market with that system. And the interesting thing, it didn't dawn on me at, at the time, but now years later, it's become a fundamental part of what I do. I realize if you trade eight systems, for example, not every system is going to make money every year. Uh, 
and maybe three or four of them will actually lose money. But what you're hoping for and what usually happens is one or two of the markets will do really well with whatever systems you have. And a lot of times they'll make the bulk of your money that you make for the year. Uh, you might have to wait. I mean, I've had years literally where I've waited until November, December, and I've been losing money for the first nine, 10 months of the year. And then all of a sudden it takes off. But if you trade a basket of systems, and so this is different strategies, some are mean reverting, some are trend following, long-term, short-term, different futures or you know different stocks, you know, if you trade stocks. And what you're hoping for is that some of them will do really well and others will just kind of hang around. The problem is you don't know this year what's going to work well. Just because it worked last year, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's going to work again. So that's why you do that. And uh, that diversification ends up really helping you out. So how is it like going through the year? Were you, were you up eat? Were you up early or were you, did, did it take some time to, to kind of compound and grow? Um, if I recall it, uh, it was kind of going up slowly. And then about mid-year, it kind of went up a bunch. Uh, I don't know if that was true for each of those years. And then I just kind of, uh, wrote it and then it didn't really do much towards the last part of the year and actually it's kind of funny uh, you know because your your perception of or your memory of something sometimes isn't what you remember so I thought in 2006 when mm -hmm. I actually won the contest I thought I was going full out trading the whole year you know I didn't care about the competition or anything when I went back and researched it for my book I realized i took off like the last month of the year because I was out in front and I decided, Hey, I think I had around 150%. And I said, I don't want to lose now. You know, I can win this thing. And I actually turned off my system, but that wasn't what I remembered until I went back and looked at it. So it's kind of funny. Sometimes when you go back and look at things, you're like, Oh, that's not what I thought I did, but uh, it ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, that <laughs> that makes sense. So, so where do you stand today versus whenever you were winning these championships about you know uh, about a decade and a half ago? Like, what's changed in that time? Um, the biggest thing is I'm trading a lot more systems. So right now I have probably forty or so strategies that I trade live in a variety of futures markets, uh, and like I said, they're different strategies. So I've been able to build up that library. I've also gotten a lot better at just uh, taking losing strategies and you know, killing them when they should be killed instead of letting them go. I've also got better at developing strategies. Uh, and part of that actually turns out the workshop that I teach has made me much better in my own trading. It's, it's you know, when you try to teach something to somebody, you realize, oh, there's some holes here that I got to fill in so I can teach other people. And that made me better. So it's basically doing the same thing that I have been for the last 10, 15 years. But now I think I just do it better. But at the same time, it's uh, trading's always humbling and it's, it's amazing. You, you'd think, 
oh, now I got it. I feel great. And, uh, you know, in June, I know I was up a whole bunch for the year and I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this is it. You know, I don't have to worry about big drawdowns anymore. And then of course <laughs> a big drawdown came and took yeah. away a bunch of my profit. And I'm like, man, this is still tough. And it's tough, especially algo trading. Cause everybody now can, can test trading systems. There's all kinds of platforms. There's all kinds of uh, data and, and everybody can do it. And I think that makes it tougher compared to maybe back when the turtles were uh, popular, for example. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not many people were testing trading systems back then. Uh, you know, there really wasn't the software and now there is. So that's a huge difference. So you always have to keep upping your game. And you probably hear that from everybody you talk to is once they start to rest and think, oh, I've got this solved and I don't need to do anything else is when they start to get overtaken by, uh, you know, people just coming up. So, you know, I was on, on Benzinga just last week. So I've got a show on Benzinga now, which is really cool. Um, but basically I was going through some of my, my trading strategies and going through that. And I use some artificial intelligence data and I use a lot of back testing data and I'm combining the two and I'm showing it on the screen, how it all works together. And I just stop for a second and I'm like, do you realize how awesome it is in 2021 that we have this kind of information, right? That we yeah. can like literally back test anything on the screen in seconds. Traders a decade ago would have killed for this, right? Right. Like when you were doing your championship, you, did, you right. didn't have access to something that was just so quick and so fast and what we can do today. And, you know, I, for people like us who, who have paid our Wall Street tuition already, you know, it's, it's a tool to, to help move us forward. And right. for the people who are, who are ready to get into this space, I think it's, a, it's an amazing tool to help them get started without having to be so blind, without having to be right. so uh, ignorant as to how the market works. And I don't mean that in an ugly way, because I was there. Right. I mean, just like the advantages that a trader has today versus 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I, I mean, we're, we, we are beyond blessed to what it is today. There's no excuse in this market today where if you pay attention to the podcasts that are out there, the books that are out there, the softwares that, that's out there, that you, there's no excuse you can't be successful. Because along all of that, they're going to tell you a few simple things. Number one is position sizing. If you over leverage yourself, like we talked about earlier, you're never going to win. It's just right. not going to happen because those right. losses will work exponentially against you instead of working for you. Right. And following trends, like you talked about earlier. Yep. And then, you know, I, I love this, this quote, it's from Paul Tudor Jones. And one day I'd love to be able to talk to him, but there's, there's a sign of him in his, uh, in his office or a picture of him in his office saying has a sign behind him that says losers, average losers. Yeah. Right. People who, who average their trades down, they're, they're basically going to be buying the, uh, the bank teller Christmas presents for her grandson. Yeah. Because they got to keep go. going back over and over, uh, to, it's just not the way that trading works. So right. let me ask you this. This will be my final like deep question. Okay. But I do want to ask this. Do you feel that the market is efficient? You, for the most part, yes. Um, and at the same time though, there are ways to exploit it. So 
the reason I say that is if I test, say, a thousand different strategies and markets, I might find 999 of them lose money, especially after slippages and uh, commissions. You know, in futures, there's still commissions. It's not like stocks. Uh, once you incorporate trading costs, almost anything you can come up with loses money. But you're always looking for that one thing that makes money. And once you find it, as it turns out, a lot of times you can trade it and you can make money. So it's kind of, I believe a lot of the market is efficient, especially with so many traders out there, so many people competing against each other. But there is definitely a chance for people if they do things the right way. You know, you talked about back testing and how easy it is now. As a trader for a long time, I it's nice because most traders, especially the new ones, back testing correctly. So you know, that you know, if you're taking money from one person from another, you know, giving to another. You get those inexperienced people end up losing, but all things considered, uh, you know, I bet if I had to say the market's probably 95% efficient and 5% that you can really exploit if you know what you're doing. And you know, that kind of goes along with those stats, right? That 90% of traders fail. It's yeah. the 10% that, that figure out how to, how to work the system. Yeah. And I think that goes along with what you're saying, right? But I, I tell you, Kevin, you don't just stumble into it. You got to read books like algo trading cheat codes. You got to read books like, did you like that segue? I was, yeah, that's that. good. Entry and exit confessions of a championship trader, building winning algorithmic trading systems, introduction to algo trading, beginning stock market investing blueprint. Like, so my screen's over here. I keep going further yep. and further. Stock market <laughs> investing for everyone. I tell you, Kevin. You're quite the prolific writer over here. And if you really want to shortcut everything, maybe you could just go check out Kevin's website, kjtradingsystems.com. Sounds good. Kevin, tell me, tell me some, some parting words of wisdom here. Um, I think if you want to get into trading, you first have to decide if you want to do trading or do investing. So for example, uh, you know, what's your time horizon? My kids, for example, they're in middle, two are in middle school, one's in high school. I'm telling them not to focus on trading, not to even think about trading yet. Think of investing. So they have stock accounts that have done really well the past two years or so. And because they picked their own stocks, and but they're thinking long term. So you got to really know where you're going with this. And there's nothing wrong with just buying a whole long term investing if that's what you want to do but if you want to spend the time and you know commit to the i guess mental challenge of trading the first thing to do is probably to try to get as much information as you can educate yourself and then once you do don't spend too much time on a simulator sim trading because man that just gives you all kinds of false results you'll think you're great i know a ton of sim millionaires I know very few real money millionaires that have got it from trading. And there's a reason for that because simulated trading is easy. So, you know, as soon as you think you know enough, then go dip your toe into real trading with stocks. It might only be buying a couple shares, but, you know, without any commissions, hey, that's cheap. If you're doing futures, now there's uh, micro 
the micro mini markets, which you can trade uh, instead of that S&P contract that we said was 220,000, you can trade the micros, which are a 10th of that size. So like 22,000, that's a, that's a lot better for most people and try things out. And, you know, the big thing is you got to realize whatever you do, you're probably going to do wrong. You're probably going to lose money at first. Uh, and your advice of actually doing the opposite of what you think is really good advice, but you, I, I'm sure you realize how hard that is mentally. It was so hard. It was like pulling the nails off my fingers. Cause I'm like, <laughs> this is the opposite of what I suppose. This is the opposite of how I learned how to trade. I can't do this. And then I do it and be like, Oh, it worked. Yeah. Okay. I'll try it again. And, I'm yeah. and I keep checking my phone and I'm like, it's working. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. This can't be right. And then I check it again. It's working. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. There's one thing I've thrown away. I'm going to try something else now. Right. And you build upon it. Yeah. 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 Cause the, the market's great at figuring out people's weaknesses and exploiting it. It's great at figuring out if you, if you over optimize a back test, you know, you'll say, well, who will know? Well, the market will know the market will figure it out. I don't know how, but it figures it out and, and it punishes you for it. You know, it's, it says you, Christopher, you opt over optimized and therefore I'm taking your money because you've got a junk system and it's amazing, but it's not like school, right? No, you can't just, uh, you know, try to get 95 or 98 on the test right. by over optimizing your system. Cause the market is, the market's fluid. It'll change right. every day. And it, it is tough. So in my past life, I was actually in charge of, uh, engineering and quality assurance for an aerospace company. We made fuel pumps for main engine jet aircraft. So basically I have to ask. Uh, uh, the name of the company was called Argo Tech. Okay. And we, I used we to work supplied... at Raytheon. So I wasn't oh, okay. sure if it was the same place. Yeah. We uh, now they're part of Eaton Corporation, but we used to make pumps for uh, General Electric, Rolls-Royce, Pratt uh-huh. & Whitney. Basically our pump was a single point failure. If our pump failed, the engine stopped. So if that was in the middle of flight, you know, okay, well, we can survive on one engine, but if both of them go out. So my point is it was highly uh, safety related. It was pretty intense work and I'm in charge of quality. So I have to make sure that bad parts don't get out the door because if bad stuff gets out the door, people could die. Uh, I remember one time the Pope was, uh, uh, taking off and one of the engines failed and oh my gosh they thought it might have been the fuel pump it wasn't but you know that the flight was aborted the pope almost died you oh know my gosh and that's the kind of stress it was so just to put that in perspective trading to me is a ton tougher than any stress any um you know worries that i had with being in charge of quality in you know, for thousands of people flying every day, millions of people probably flying every day, trading's tougher. People have to realize that trading is really tough. Yeah. Well, with those parting words of advice, Kevin, I want to make sure we send everybody once again to kjtradingsystems.com. All of Kevin's books will be linked down below. And Kevin, I got to tell you, I really appreciate this chat today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Hope we can do it again sometime. I would love to. That would be fantastic. So Kevin, let's uh let's make sure everybody checks out your books and your website. And you know what? Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. 
All right. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you in the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimMinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.